the Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles away from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about all of these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? Jesus asked them, What things? And they replied, The things of Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, besides all this, it's now the third day since all these things took place. And moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They, they were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us they had indeed seen a vision of angels and said, who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women said, but they did not see him. And then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them, the things about himself in the scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were going, Jesus walked ahead as if he were going onward. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is evening and the day is almost over. So Jesus went with them. Then, when he was at the table with them, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized Jesus, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while we walked along the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That very same hour, they got up and they returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and all of their companions gathered together and saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened on the road and how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So just as Laura was saying, 
these two disciples did not recognize Jesus with their eyes. They did not recognize Jesus with their ears. But then at the dinner table, Jesus engaged all of their senses. The smell of bread, the, the touch, the feel of receiving it, the taste of eating it. And suddenly with their noses and with their fingers and with their taste buds, they recognized Jesus. Suddenly they heard what they could not hear and saw what they could not see. Alleluia, Christ is risen. You know, once upon a time, a confirmation student asked a pastor what Jesus smelled like. And the pastor said, bread and wine. You know, what's true of humans in general is true of all saints' people. Many of us don't see that well without our, our glasses or our contacts. Some of us are legally blind. Some of us don't hear so well, maybe especially out of that one ear. Even with our hearing aids and our amplification, and even if we do hear okay, we're just not word people, maybe. Some of us have trouble with smells and certain perfumes and allergies. And some of us cut the tags out of our clothes because that little itch is just too much. Or others give big bear hugs because that deep pressure is what helps us feel good and safe. Or maybe we just have to move, even when we're sitting still, most all of the time. And all of us have different taste buds. Even the same food tastes different to one and the other. What delights me, they nauseate you, and vice versa. We talked about all of these things at the conference that I went to earlier this week in Omaha. We celebrated how God has given everyone gifts to share, and not only limitations. We rejoice that God gave us five senses so that God would always have a way to communicate with us. If not pictures, then words. And if not words and pictures, then touch. If not any one of those five, or maybe not even four of those five, then one. God always has a way to connect with us. They say that smell is the sense, the human sense, that's most deeply connected with memory. So it's no wonder that those two disciples did not recognize Jesus until he broke open the bread, until the aroma of love and forgiveness spilled all around them. It's Jesus. They knew it. There was no mistaking that smell. Jesus delights in communicating with us in ways that we can receive and understand. One of the keynote presenters at the conference I attended 
filled the room with streamers and fidget pencils, she called them, and uh, colors and voice recording buttons and all kinds of learning aids. It reminded me of when I got to visit Ryan and Tyler's school. Barbara Newman was the presenter's name, and she's an author and a teacher and often consults with churches uh, who really want to communicate with truly everyone. She told a story about Karen. Karen is a young woman with an intellectual disability. And Karen had had some difficulty with a friend of hers. And after that difficulty, every Sunday when she came to worship, she would come forward for a special declaration of forgiveness. After that moment, she just needed to hear it. And so this happened again and again. And some people in the congregation were distressed about this because it was always the same sin, the same stress and difficulty that she was bringing forward. And they were worried that she wasn't hearing, wasn't experiencing the release that comes with the confidence that her sins are forgiven. They repeated those words, God forgives you, over and over. But the next week, she always came back and asked to be forgiven for the same thing. And that's when finally they reached out to Barbara Newman. And she encouraged them to try something physical that she could see and touch. So they decided on a a bucket and a ball. And so on the next Sunday, they put the bucket at the foot of the big cross that they had in the sanctuary. And when she, when Karen came forward again to receive forgiveness again, they gave her the ball. And they walked with her to the cross. And they pointed out the bucket and they said, Jesus took all of your sins, all of all of our sins, and put them in a big bucket so that we don't have to carry them around anymore. That's forgiveness, they said. And Karen nodded, and she put her bucket, her ball, into the bucket. And the next Sunday, Karen came back up front again for forgiveness, again, for the same sin again. And this time they pointed out the bucket that was still sitting underneath the cross, still with her ball in it, and they said, Karen, remember what Jesus did with your sins. Jesus put them away. And Karen said, oh yeah. That was the last time she came forward to receive forgiveness. She was released. Finally, she recognized Jesus for who he was. And what Barbara Newman said after that was, communion is such a wonderful gift. Jesus engages us with all of our senses and with movement. Take that as your example when you're trying to communicate the gospel to anyone. Or even when you're trying to experience it yourself. And I don't know about you, but 
pretty often I wish that God would be more obvious. I myself have been praying a prayer just like that all this week. And so this story from Luke is for people like me and for people like you. Jesus is the more obvious God. The God who is the Word, but who did not come near in words alone. Only for people who can sit quietly. You know, these disciples had already heard it. They told Jesus the story. The promise that Jesus was risen from the dead. But it was the breaking of the bread. The smell, the touch, the taste of Jesus with the word and the vision, the sight, that brought Jesus to life for them at last. And so I didn't bring any buckets today. But here is bread and wine. And embedded in the word communion is the word communication. God truly communicates through this bread and wine. God communicates with the whole body. There's a a green insert about the, the lessons for next week. And it just so happens that it connected with a a quote from Martin Luther's small catechism that's really big there in the middle. Without the word of God, the water is just plain water and not a baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism. That is, it's grace-filled water of life. We are people who believe that the word became flesh. And so the The word of God that brings this water to life and brings this bread and wine to life is not literally words that are coming out of my mouth, but it's the communication and with it the understanding that this really is Jesus. It's with that connection that plain water becomes baptism. Plain bread becomes Jesus. And so feel free to tune out all of the words today. And when we come to receiving communion, maybe let's just pretend that our eyes are covered with a blindfold and our ears are stuffed with cotton. Because for people who have seen too much, for people who have heard it all, Jesus is present in bread and wine. So come and eat. Feel that broken edge of the bread. It was broken for you. Breathe deeply the smell of love. It's for you. Chew slowly and taste the forgiveness. It's for you. Here is the God in bread and wine who stays with us through the night and even beyond death. Thanks be to God.